0: welcome into the atlanta football party i'm jarvis davis coming up on today's show the falcons should pick up the fifth year option for Kyle Pitts. this is locked on sports atlanta and
1: it's time for the atlanta football party only on locked on podcast network
2: your team every day
1: Welcome into the Atlanta football party, your home for the best Falcons football talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I'm your host. Tanitra Batiste, alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com/slash locked on to get started. And of course, the Atlanta Football Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every Day. Now guys, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into what some of the assistant coaches had to say this past week about what their vision is for the Falcons. We're also going to talk about whether or not it would be a good look to keep one particular weapon on offense, and then, you know, this is that quirky town that some people say isn't a sports town, some people say is a sports town, but our question is, how do the Falcons become that team to make this a sports town? So, let's get right into it. First things first, Aaron, with your takeaway, to keep or not to keep KP?
3: Yeah, Kyle Pitts is due a fifth-year option this offseason. I think it's like the week after the draft that the Falcons have to make that decision. And that is basically to give him a fully guaranteed salary in his fifth year, which is 2025. And that is projected to be about 10 and a half million, which is really cheap compared to a lot of the other first rounders. And basically only the running backs like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne from that draft class have cheaper fifth year options due to the, you know, the positions that they play. Uh, mm. And so I think at that price tag, it totally makes sense for the Falcons to extend that fifth year option for Kyle Pitts. Um, You know, it's interesting when you contrast this to the last two off seasons when they've had to make that similar decisions for AJ Terrell and Chris Lindstrom. And I felt like probably at the same point in those off seasons, you would have said 100 percent they're going to give those fifth year options. I don't know if it's 100 percent with Kyle Pitts. I think it's probably like 90 percent, though. But like there is sort of that wiggle room because you do wonder with the new coaching staff coming in, sort of do they have the same vision long term for Kyle Pitts? that the old coaching staff had under Arthur Smith. That remains to be seen. But I think at that price tag, given the value that Kyle Pitts brings to this offense in the short term, I think the Falcons will wind up doing that. But there is at least a little bit more room for debate this offseason as opposed to some recent years.
1: Yeah. And I think Terry Fontenot would like to see one of his prize picks have an opportunity to really shine. The last time he had that opportunity was when Matt Ryan was here. So I kind of lean in the direction of, yeah, same free, not a hundred percent because you'd never quite know what direction, what thought process Zach Robinson might have or Raheem Morris. But I do kind of lean in the direction of it's also a value pick, like 10, 10.5 mil isn't going to break the bank. But yeah, I think they'd like to see him have the opportunity to show that he's that KP versus maybe the KP we have seen in the seasons to follow.
0: And I think one of the things that just to, from an injury standpoint, that that's what you hope gets right too. Right. Because we understand that he was a little bit more, he was, wasn't a hundred percent, you know, um, I think that's probably why you weren't always a hundred percent as far as picking up that fifth year option, like um, Aaron mentioned, because, you know that he didn't look that good this year. You know what I'm saying, and I think that he was a little bit more injured than we knew about. You know, as far as with another ligament being torn is kind of yeah. a big deal. You know, when yeah, no about one knew his- that
2: until yeah. the very very end of the season when he posted on right. Instagram like exactly. 17 games after PCL and MCL surgery, and it's like, yes, yeah, so that completely right. changed the scope of mm-hmm. how we were looking at him throughout the entire season. Because right. when you have, all we could do is speculate before then. We, we all absolutely. thought it, but we didn't know it. Yeah, we didn't know that there were two ligaments involved. And, I mean, that does. That changes the scope of a recovery. It changes mm-hmm. the scope of an explosiveness upon return from recovery. I mean, that that piece of it, I feel like people have lost in the shuffle of kind of everything that's happened. And the fact that he was just able to go out there for 17 games, I think is a testament to the work that he put in to get back, but also the fact that, yeah, it makes sense that we weren't seeing a 110% Kyle Pitts for the majority of 2023. And
0: yeah, Tori, and I think ad- that- To, add to that, oh. I'm just going to, real quick, T, um, just to add to that, Tori, because, like, because um, On Graham had the same injury, as far as MCL, you know, he had the uh, MCL injury in the, same, in the same game. So when you think about those guys having the, pretty much the same injury, in that in game. So you think people are going to come back, you know, you think he'd be able to come back a little bit quicker because he's a skilled guy, right? Because, you know, guys weigh a little bit more. TQ is a, a defensive tackle. So he looked fine. He looked more so like himself than than any, anybody who was coming off an injury this year, I feel like. So it, it, it just brings, that's just, that's from a valuation standpoint, just looking at how those guys play and, and being able to project what they're going to be going forward that is vital information. And it just, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of weird for it to come out like it did. But yeah, I think that overall a 10 and a half million is not that much money, you know, in today's NFL. So yeah, go ahead and pick up that fifth option. I'm not mad at it, but he's definitely going to have to, the, the, the eyeballs are going to be on him a little bit more yep. harder from a valuation standpoint, given, given his situation, because he, he, he and, and it's going to depend a lot on who's throwing him in football. Yep.
1: Yeah, this will be one of those all things being equal situations, assuming that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that whole QB piece a little later. But, yeah, it assumes whoever's under center is going to be that guy. And whoever is play calling Zach Robinson can actually get him the ball. Now, Jarvis, we all we talked about the fifth year option picking up with KP but there are also some interesting re-signings that can happen. And you said one that actually has already happened, not necessarily on the field, but on the sidelines. The re-signing of Jerry Gray may actually have been the biggest offseason get.
0: Yeah, one of the things that, you know, we've come to learn, you know, all, you all of us have been in those press conferences with him and just, just the wisdom that he brings to the table and just how he just, I love how coaches make ball simplistic right you know with all of the analytics and all the people who try to throw stuff in and try to make football harder than what it actually is I, I love guys those old school guys who come in and say hey man this is pretty simple and for example like when he was talking about how some of these guys need to go out and go play basketball you know <laughs> you know because that those that's one of those qualities being able to be effective in a, in a, in a game of basketball it's going to help you play football because you know everything so singularly focused like everybody playing one sport it's just it's just that statement right there just lets you know like this dude really knows and understands the game from all aspects right so for them to be able to bring a guy like that back into the fold and back into the equation this year i really feel like that is something that you don't necessarily you're going to you're not going to appreciate it until the season is this season is over with because you're going to see he, the effect that he has on guys that are going to their second and third years. And also, you know, and the All Pro and, and Jesse Bates as well. So he understands working with him. And hey, you like, I need you to at least maintain and get better than what you did last year because the expectation is going to be there because you have that guy to lean on who has that, that wealth of knowledge and playing in, in that defensive backfield.
1: And Tori, that retention goes even farther than Jerry Gray, a number of coaches have been retained from the previous staff. And this is a year where retention is greater than attrition. And you said you're here for it.
2: Yeah, I am. I mean, I don't think in the coaching searches that I've covered and the coaching changes that I've covered in my career that I've seen retention from one staff to the other, like I have with Raheem Morris's staff. And when we talked about Jerry Gray, you talk about Dwayne Ledford, Michael Petre TJ. Yates. It's like, These are all very, very important pieces in in understanding beyond TJ Yates. But let's just talk about Jerry Gray, Dwayne Ledford, and Michael Petrie. The word like continuity gets thrown around a lot with those specific positions. You talk about the secondary offensive line and running backs, like continuity of players, continuity of scheme, continuity of understanding what your role is and how you are best affecting a game. Those things matter in those positions. Not like they don't matter everywhere else on the field, but especially I feel like when you're talking about an offensive line, five guys who have played together to the extent that this group has, I mean, that's that's experience and a knowledge and an understanding that the only way you get that is by playing together. The only way that Chris Lindstrom knows exactly what to do with Caleb McGarry and vice versa without having to speak to each other is because they played together for so long. They know exactly where each other's eyes are and what they're going to do. So that matters, I think, in terms of the coaching staff as well, because let's be honest, this offensive line, like, yeah, are there areas where they need to pick it up in certain extent in pass protection? Absolutely. They know that. No, that's not a secret, but what this team has done in three years with Dwayne Ledford as the offensive line coach and now run game coordinator I think it's been pretty impressive. And the fact that we're going to get to see his role kind of expand a little bit is is also, I think, a little bit exciting. So the fact that Raheem Morris came in and said, OK, I know what I'm getting in the secondary. I know what I need to get at offensive line, at running back, whatever. I'm going to keep these guys because I've liked what I've seen from these guys. I think that speaks a lot to one, the changes that these individual position coaches have made within their group and the impact they've made within their group, but also how Raheem Morris was like, these aren't my guys. These aren't the guys that I initially hired, but I, I see them and I see the work that they're doing and I like what I see and I want to keep them around.
1: Yeah, and you see the connectivity, to your point, the importance of that continuity for Bijan Robinson. I mean, as great as he was last season, that was only scratching the surface. The O-line, when we saw that run game take off, they get, they take responsibility for that or should, should take credit for that, but also they take accountability for the pass protection not being up to that same standard, but wanting to do the same. So yeah, you keep those guys in place and that's when you start to see it. And then it's interesting because you've got a solid... DB room, if you will, but there's an opportunity if Jerry Gray's there once again to take them maybe from solid to good or even good to great. When we come back, we're actually going to talk about another assistant coach that we had an opportunity to hear from last week, and we'll get our guys' thoughts on that on the other side. This episode of our locked on or Atlanta football party is brought to you by also FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book. Now, right now, new customers, you can actually get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. You know, it's a beautiful day in Atlanta right now, and some people may be off enjoying the President's Day holiday. What if you made this bet and you actually cashed in on it? You might be able to take advantage of the beautiful day and go, I don't know, grab brunch or something, or this upcoming weekend basketball's back in full swing. You might be getting ready for the NFL Combine. A lot of things out there that are intriguing for you. But speaking of the NBA, they're going into their final third of the season. So that's a great opportunity to maybe bet on your favorite players and your favorite teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So don't forget... $150 150 bucks can be yours if your bet wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fanduel, official sports book, partner of the NBA. All right, guys. Wanted to talk uh, again, Tori, about another assistant coach that we heard from. QB coach TJ Yates. The media, of course, had an opportunity to meet with all of the assistant coaches late last week. And you wrote an article on Atlanta Falcons.com that quoted Yates as saying we're going to do everything we can to improve that position. Meaning QB, what's your take on what Yates said and what does that improvement look like to you?
2: Yeah, so I think it's absolutely no secret from conversations with Arthur Blank, Terry Fontenot, Zach Robinson, now TJ Yates. The Mm -hmm. the Falcons are in the market for QB1, and that's not someone who is in the building currently. And I, I think it's okay to say that. I think that with everything that these leaders have said from the Falcons organization, that's the case. Now, do they have a name of a target? Here's the thing. Probably. Are they saying the name? No. Um, do they probably have multiple names? Also, probably. Are they saying any of those names? No. So like the the way that we can infer where this thing goes, I mean, it's all just going to be speculation until it's not until we have actual concrete reports on who the Falcons are targeting, whether it be in free agency or the draft or a trade. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe it when TJ Yates or Zach Robinson or whoever When you ask them questions about the quarterback and they say that all options are on the table, I know that's a cliche. I understand that. But I do believe them when they say that because I do believe that the Falcons have an opportunity to go get exactly who they want when they want to get them. And I say that knowing, okay, you have draft capital. You have money towards the cap. You have tradable assets the Falcons are in a position to do essentially what they want to do at that quarterback position and it is going to be the biggest question of the offseason number 1 but also number 2 the biggest turning point for this organization to this point under this change post DQ Thomas Dimitrov era so this is a huge decision and i think it's something that when i was talking to Arthur Blank a couple of weeks ago before the super bowl about the quarterback position He made the comment. He was like, we don't have a year to strategize about how we want to do this or how we're going to get the most out of this position. This is something that's actively happening right now. And it needs this is something that needs to have a resolution by the time we get to OTAs. So I'm talking like June one. This needs to be resolved. So we're in today is February 19th. It'll be February 20th when I think this thing comes out. That is, what, two and a half, three months to make a decision about what you want to do with the future of the quarterback in Atlanta. That's a lot of pressure, but it's a pressure that I think the Falcons should care about and want to see a diamond kind of come forth from that pressure, to use a, a metaphor. <laughs> that,
0: that, that's why I feel like like you can't – there. It's gonna be hard to sell Arthur Blank on going, drafting a guy in the first round and saying, "Hey, we're gonna draft a guy for the future, and you know, and, and figure it out from there." That's why I feel like it's gonna be a quick fix, and it's gonna be a guy that can they can um, potentially develop as well. You know, behind that that quick fix, whether that be a veteran, you know, through free agency or uh, via trade, because I feel like they don't have time to to fully go all in on a guy that that's gonna be a first year player. I don't think they. Because I feel like that that will be, you probably should have probably thought about bringing, uh, keeping Arthur Smith. If that was the case, you know, if Desmond Ritter, you know, well, said that, the you know, his like standpoint.
2: Yeah, you've already done that. You've oh, already, exactly. That's you what I'm yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, you drafted Desmond Ritter in uh, a day two pick. You tried right. to see if he was somebody who could develop into the guy. He didn't. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, and so I think like you've already crossed that bridge. Yeah. What's the next step? Where's the next place where you need to go? And it needs to be someone who can come in, start day one and take over from the beginning to the end, barring injury. Knock on wood, of course.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be something that, you know, that's why I feel like they've been so consistent with the message. That's, that's why it's been. Yeah. It's been very interesting, like eye opening when they were like, oh, yeah, all options on the table. Yes. Quarterback play has been deficient. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's it's very clear that the guys that they have on this roster right now aren't probably aren't going to be around or or they go, aren't going to be in consideration to even thinking about being a starter for this team in twenty twenty. Think
2: about this: they're willing to give up their leverage in order to kind of put out there like we need a freaking quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean
2: they're literally saying like we need yeah. a quarterback yeah. willing to do whatever it takes to get one. Like. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like the boldness of it. I, I really do. I'm here for it. Like, yeah. I not the transparency. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, and I don't. No, yeah. Go ahead. And I think you had a point in place
1: where this team has enough weapons free on both sides of the ball to be able to say, we don't need to be in a rebuild type mode, and I'm not saying rebuild mode, but what I mean is a rebuild, meaning, oh, yeah, two years down the road, three years down the road. No, 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 because last season, let's just be honest, you really had the best shot at that NFC South title. You really, really did. The Bucks and what Baker Mayfield was able to do, let's be honest, that shocked the hell out of everybody. Nobody was expecting that. Everywhere you looked at was, hey, Falcons, you guys seem to be the ones that are settled the most, and then you weren't. And when it went south and it went south quickly, you look back at like a Panthers game and a Bucks game, but I digress. But when it went south, it just told you that's how important it is for them to really, really kind of take a stance and be aggressive. And I want to talk to you guys about that, too, in that next segment about exactly what that aggressiveness should look like uh, for this season. But also uh, D-line coach Jay Rogers mentioned in his comments as well. And I thought this is a JD specialist. <laughs> this is an Aaron Freeman special. I'm just going to kick. It. Okay. Well say it like you mean it. What's the <laughs> definition of kick for you guys in 2024 for the
3: D line? Well,
1: <laughs> I feel like this one is gonna like this one is bubbling in the, in the bottom segment right there. So <laughs> well,
3: well, I know for Jarvis, a big part of it is hey, hey, maybe use that first round pick on on a on a pass rusher. You know, he's been pushing for that for a couple of years now. Ooh, yeah. Um you literally saying we'll, we'll,
2: we'll, yeah. we'll,
3: we'll see if the Falcons do that. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, now, each and every one of us. <laughs> this show will be oh. a damn
2: party if they do that.
3: so i think you know i think you have to you got to get some more bodies in the building right you have some some nice pieces you started that process last offseason, but i just think you got to get more bodies in the building that comes in free agency that comes in the draft and yeah i think you saw that process begin in 2023 and i hope that this new regime can kind of finish that process you know I don't know if this is going to be one year and all of a sudden the Falcons have the best D-line in, in the league, but it is something that I do think they can start building towards.
2: And it's not yeah. just like two like that. They have taken a good step. You know, yeah. they they have the biggest year-over-year improvement in sacks from 2022 to 2023, sure. and it's like, yeah. okay, like, great. That's a step in the right direction. Like, that is good. We love to see it. Now, where do you go from here? Like, yeah. I, and I, I think that, like – That's the whole point of all of this.
1: Yeah. And And I I think think the consistency, like if we think about what that could have been, if Grady hadn't gone down for the season, because man, were they looking fantastic. And even David Onyemata going down for, you know, for a little while due to injury, but there were some legitimate reasons. So I can see why he would say, yeah, we're going to kick because you were actually kicking butt before those injuries happened. And then, if we just to just be honest and give credit where credit is due, the Falcons really did for all intents and purposes. They were still able to hang in there and still have a respectable showing on defense. They just could never get the offense to kind of step up and do its job. So yeah, if you can get what you got out of that Falcons defense, the first half of the season coupled with maybe some additions or some upgrades and some evolutions of some players, like we always talk about honor the advocate We saw the step, we saw the step. So if you start to see more of the steps, then I think, yeah, you can be that that D line.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that whole sack piece is 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 a, is a really big deal because I think for them to get what forty two sacks 42. this year. Yeah, that's 42 that,
2: yeah. one in 2022 to 42. He yeah. doubled yeah. it, like
0: you double your sack total, yeah. like that, And and they did it not just coming from one person, right? Because, right. Of, right, and going back to what Aaron was saying, as far as like getting bodies, guys who can get sacks, you mm-hmm. don't need a 15 to 16 sack, guys, those guys don't come along like that. But it right. might be one <clears throat> now, the turn might be. Be one of those guys, but you know what I'm saying. So, but <laughs> see, y'all know, y'all know me. Come on now, I'm a, I'm a politician for the guy I need to politic for. But you, if you bring a guy in there to add to what you already have, and you got Grady Jarrett coming back too, so yes, it's just so many different moving parts that I feel like that can really take this defense to the next level. And if you're talking about kicking some blank blank, they're gonna be kicking a lot of blank blank if they're able to improve on that sack total. And I want to Mm -hmm. get a little bit more tough against that run, too. I want to bring somebody here who probably weighs close to what I weigh and you know, be able to be one of those run stuffers, too, because there are some guys that's coming out in this draft that they can take a look at that can add to that spot because when you're talking about, man, oh, that, that would be so beautiful. It'd be so beautiful, I'm telling you. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm with Jay Rogers. I'm with Rogers, like coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, I coach. It, right? <laughs> and I would even expand it,
1: and I would even expand it to that entire front because you know mentioning AK, but also think about what was happening, what was brewing with Troy Anderson before he went down, and if you could get him back, right? And so kind of looking at all those little pieces where when that defense was whole and what you were able to see, and let's face it. What we got out of Calais Campbell, that was a bonus. That was a bonus. So if you happen to get him back, which I don't know, in my mind, I'm just kind of in my heart, I feel like he's leaning towards coming back. I think that might be a a plus too. So yeah, I see that they have every opportunity to put their stamp on it, just like Jay Rogers said. We'll talk a little bit more about it, bigger picture of what that stamp looks like for the Falcons when we come back with what's next. This episode of our Atlanta football party is brought to you by game time. Now you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next event, right? For sure. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music, Usher again, comedy and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Now, you might think to yourself, oh, my goodness, there are, what, I think six dates now for Usher to come to Atlanta. But there's a reason he has six dates, because there's so much demand. So what if you've got to get that last-minute ticket because maybe you weren't able to get a ticket up front or maybe you're now able to free up your schedule to get to one of those Game time is the place for you because that's where you can get the ticket by buying it in seconds with just two taps. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game time also has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. So if you are that last minute person who wants to pull up on your boy, then even an hour after it starts, you can actually do that. All you have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOn for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now terms do apply, and again, create the account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. That's Game Time. Download it today for your last minute tickets, and don't forget, Game Time will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, because the lowest price for them is guaranteed. So, guys, I had an interesting conversation yesterday and I said, oh, I can't wait to bring this to the football party because I want to hear what these guys have to say. You know, depending on who you speak to, but a lot of people say, oh, Atlanta is a bad sports town and it's because of the fair weather fans. It's because of the teams that are middling. It's just bad. And I said, oh, not as bad as maybe some people make us out to be. But I get it. I get it. Braves get a World Series a couple of years ago. United, they get a, a cup, a soccer cup. I don't know, maybe four years ago. And then it's crickets for the other two teams. So, okay, fine for the other four, you know, uh, the four big. So, okay, I feel like they may have had a good point about us middling. But here's what I threw out there to them. I think that you could have said that about the Hawks. And you can probably continue to say that unless we see something happen in the offseason, because we still don't quite know what we're getting from that front office. The Falcons, I feel different about. I honestly feel like the Falcons organization, not just the fan base, is sick of middling. 7 and 10 did not sit well in Flowery Branch, not for three seasons. I think we even talked about this with Raheem Morris and kind of each of us in our own way, maybe posing the question of what success looks like or what winning looks like or what's the expectation there. I feel like this is the one franchise that's about to say, you know what, we're sick and tired of middling. We're going to make a bold move. And obviously QB1 is probably where we want to see them make the bold move, but... To Jarvis's earlier point, it could be making a move at eight as well where you go for, I don't know, a defensive player. Oh, my. But I feel like the Falcons are finally in position to say the hell with middling, the hell with purgatory. It's time for us to step up and we're going to be bold and we're going to do that. And I think a lot of that even speaks to where he Morris comes from. He comes from the team that created the blueprint of F them picks. We're going to do what we got to do because we want a championship. And oh, my. Look at us. We actually won one. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, yeah, you can't really call this a bad sports city. You can't really call it a middling sports city. But if you do, I don't think you're going to be able to include the Falcons in that after this season anymore.
0: Cause it's tired of the same old, same old, right? Yeah. I, mean, I grew up in this city. I understand, you know, six straight years of not getting to the playoffs, and you know, and you know, they only going to the Super Bowl what twice, and and them having very different stories of why they lost that game you know from eugene robinson you know trying to get a prostitute the night before the game and then 28 to 3 it's just we tired we tired we tired we tired we want to see some consistency right because just the braids as prime example thank thank the lord for the Braves. good lord you know alex Anthopoulos, the transparency like tory talked about He's very transparent. He's very clear in what direction of this team is, is supposed to be going, whether or not being being filling holes. He's very um clear as far as what he want to do as far as with this roster and every, and you can agree with him like, "Oh, yeah. They probably do need to um look at those guys on the bench." So, and I think we're starting that with Terry Fontenot too, right? Yeah. Because we understand what the the the, the gravity that, that that comes with trying to get a court, bring a quarterback in because hey, they he and arthur smith failed at that right you know with desmond ritter I and mean, ultimately uh, arthur smith lost his job so he got another opportunity to to get it right so i think that the second time around they're gonna have to get this right and then if this quarterback gets right talk about how this team is already built they, they won't be a middle of the team i just i i'm, I'm willing to go out on the limb and say that they won't be a million team if they get this quarterback position right which is a big if
2: I think, too, just from a history standpoint, like, I, I've i done a lot of, like, research in the past, like, year, but, like, because we were celebrating the 1998 team and the NFC right. Championship over the Vikings, and, you know, of course, like, this whole thing about, like, Michael Vick and the research, the, the Madden cover, like, anniversary, like, there's the so times, many, yeah, there are so many moments over the past like 25, 30 years of like my personal lifetime where the Falcons have been fun, and I feel like for the most part in recent years, let's be honest, has it been fun? No, mm-hmm. it hasn't. Like since the moment that the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, it, like it's not oh, been man. fun in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. have to, supposed like to haze. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun, and right now, in the last what five, six years, have the fan base been having fun? I don't know. Like, and no. I don't know if I can, I can say, say that. No. Like, yeah, right? So. Like, I and I want that for this this fan base because this is a fan base that showed up in all of those different moments over the course of the last thirty years of history when the Falcons have been fun. And, you know, like that, that to me is the piece of all this, that it's like, that's why I think you also go out and get someone like Raheem Morris, because Raheem Morris at his core, he's a fun dude. He has Mm -hmm. a good personality. People want to play for him. Like, I, I feel and
0: like you can coach ball too, Tori. Right, exactly. <laughs> he can coach ball too.
2: <laughs> right. This is a guy who has more experience coaching on both sides of the ball than a lot of coordinators right now in the league. So, like, mm-hmm. that to me is the piece of all of this. Like, I yeah. want Falcons football to be fun again because when mm-hmm. they're fun, like, Atlanta's a cool place to be just in general. Yes. I love yes. it. I've always wanted to live here. This is home for me. Like, Georgia's home for me. So, like, I want that for the city. And it's been there. We've felt that
0: before. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I
2: want to get back to that point. And I feel like the Falcons do too. I think they do
1: too. And, you know, I was thinking about this as well for you. Like when you think about sports, as much as we love the Braves here, this is Braves country, and as much as – Somehow they drag us down the State Farm Arena and make us love them, even though they just take a stake in our hearts every other day. But anyway, I'm sorry. That was me having a meltdown about that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah.
3: us how you really feel, T.
1: That's how I really feel. But, <laughs> yes. when you, but think about it. All of us, and well, Dar- Jarvis is originally from here, but the rest of us can say, when an NFL team in your city is on fire, your whole city just hits. It hits different. It's just something about that NFL team, it ain't different. And I can say that, and I know, you know, we don't talk much about the Saints, but, you know, we have the Saints and we have the Pelicans and the Pels get good and they got Zion Williamson. But let me tell you something. Even when LSU was on fire, they're still... War- Everybody is still focusing on what the heck the Saints are doing down there in the Dome. And I just think that if the Falcons can just set the stage, and I feel like they're ready. I feel like they're ready to go all or nothing. Go for broke. Be like the Braves, free. Be like them and say World Series or bust. I'm not saying say Super Bowl or bust this year, but I'm saying say we're putting things in position to say we're going after it Super Bowl or bust style.
3: Yeah, I, I think there is... You know Raheem Morris talked about it as introductory pressure. This there is a pressure to win. I think Arthur Smith not having the job kind of tells you that Arthur Blank isn't really messing around with you know more seven and ten seasons. So, um, they got to do whatever they got to do, uh, in order to you know turn it around and, and get some 10 and seven type seasons and, and continue to build off of that. But what you said about being in a city where the NFL team is going strong like I you know I went to school in Pittsburgh so I was there at the very beginning of the Roethlisberger era um and like the the you know Pittsburgh's a, a very unique city uh, but like the energy that was in the city at that time where it was just like we got a quarterback and, and now we're ready to start cooking um you know you want to feel that in Atlanta right that's the Yo, same yes, sort of situation yes, yes. um and Absolutely. I think If the Falcons can pull that off this offseason, then, you know, things are on the horizon for this team.
1: Things are on the horizon, indeed. And that means that we are going to continue to have a party here. Thanks for stopping by this Atlanta football party. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. We'll see you tomorrow on the Atlanta football party, the Dogs edition.